Greetings, salutations, what is good everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Operation Golf Podcast, aka Operation Get Out the Hood. I am one of your calls for today, a card, also known as Michael, here with my partners in crime for today. Hey guys, what's up? It's Kayla, also known as OTK, and we have a special guest, Yes. a friend of ours. This is... Hey guys, my name is Grimshark. Hey. <laughs> so, Kayla, want to take it away mm. from the beginning? Sure, yeah. Um, so we're doing it a little different today from our previous episodes. We've mentioned before that we're going to have special guests on to interview them to see what their journey is like mm-hmm. um, to get out of the hood as well, just like us. Uh, mm-hmm. People who are either in this, who are starting out like we are or mm-hmm. a little bit before we are like we used to be to where we're at, to actually being out the hood and what they're doing now. This lovely young man, or yeah, older man, or our <laughs> age, our age dude, um, is a friend of ours. We've all worked together at FAO, mm-hmm. um, and then w- him and I have worked together at my previous job, um, which you know they're doing a nine to five as well, while you know working on their own special thing. So they have their own viewpoint on that, like we discussed mm-hmm. either last week or two weeks ago um yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself yes sir Uh, what's up what's up guys uh so basically i'm working a 12 30 to 7 job at a designer toy store i won't say exactly where yeah um i'm also currently trying to become a designer toy artist uh i just did my first uh, vinyl toy drop on shark week uh the sunday of shark week july 23rd um, you, if you want to look at my toy, uh, support me. That much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grimshark.com. Um, and basically, uh, the goal down the line is to basically, hopefully, uh, support myself by just selling my toys, my art. Okay. Uh, in terms of, so how did you get started in this? Uh, I guess, well, making toys. Like, what was the inspiration? Uh, so basically, I've always loved toys. Toys have always put a smile on my face. So it's kind of hard to walk into a, sto- a toy store and be upset. Mm-hmm. I know me and have, <laughs> have experienced it before. With yeah. Some people, yeah. The average Joe walks into a toy store and, and gets reminded of his childhood mm-hmm. or her childhood. Um, I, I've always collected toys. You can see some of some of my figures I've done in the back over here. And I've collected Kaiju toys, Power Rangers, um, Kamen Rider uh anime figures uh i just always loved collecting and i worked at fl schwartz for four years until Mm -hmm. the original uh shut down unfortunately yes um there i I used to work at um all over the store really but i ended up um finishing off at the muppet whatnot workshop so i made muppets for a living which is great i got to use a hot glue gun i love art crafts and so that was cool um and I've been working at my current job almost six years now, so I have about 10 years toy experience. Uh, I went to the School of Art and Design, so I always loved uh, just art in general. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, my animation, I used to do animation at high school, but wasn't that into it. It wasn't really until uh, my teacher gave us clay and I started sculpting. And I was like, oh, I, I really enjoy this nice stress relief. Um, so I just pretty much decided to like do something to at least better myself and 
obviously working a retail job isn't going to pay the bills. So I had to um, combine everything that I knew with at least uh, trying. So okay. I decided to like make my own toy and hopefully become a success from that. Okay. Okay. Um, so in terms of your job, right? That you said you earlier work from uh, 1230 to 730. Uh, 1237. 1237. Okay. Um, how do you feel current economy with your job, like in the retail space, since you've worked it, you know, from FAO Swords to currently right now? Like, how's that been for you? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as you want to sell toys as well, but how has it been working as just a person? I guess, yeah, what's your experience as working as someone in the retail space working and then as a consumer? So we'll start with the retail space first as a, as a worker. Uh, retail space as a worker. You have your good days and you got your bad days. Yeah. It's like every customer is an explosive. It can go off and it can't go off sometimes. And you don't know. Mm-hmm. People, working with the public is, is extremely difficult. I think everybody should work with the public at some point yeah. in their life. Yeah. Get, that way you know when you walk into somewhere you know the respect and the attitude to give to people okay Treat people the way you want to be treated um i've had really great customers i still have really great customers it's great um having a kid come up to you and ask you questions about things that you know things about your childhood pokemon and mm-hmm. and that i miss i miss that a lot <laughs> i miss imparting the knowledge and talking to little kids about that stuff that, that's great. always great yeah. yeah, I mean, even like uh, somebody like our age or even older saying like, hey, I, I, I grew up on this. I grew up on Mazinga. I grew, grew up on Robotech. And then you get into a cool conversation. And then there's other days where people want to fight you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because it's true. For, for, no, yeah. for no reason, they'll, yeah. they'll come in with an attitude. And because you work retail, yeah. they think, that, oh, your job is on the line. It's like, no, it's, it's, I don't work for a big corporation. So my <laughs> job's not on the line. Uh, you know, unfortunately, if we have to throw fisty cuffs outside, then that, that's it's okay. That's fine. Yeah. But you, you always try not to get into things with people because you don't. People nowadays are crazy. I mean, we've seen oh, yeah. so many stories on the news of people getting attacked or workers attacking people, and that's unfortunately that's the the world we live in. Things are kind of getting crazier. Mm-hmm. Things things are I don't know. It's yeah, weird, weird it, it's weird. And working where we've worked and just I've talked on this podcast about burnout and not wanting to work with the public anymore, how in the future, I don't see myself ever working retail ever again after the last couple of years. Um, is that how you feel as well? Like, what are your um, mental levels currently? If I'm not working with toys or maybe working for a small business. I'm not working a uh, retail job. I'm, I'm just not. I, I'm not working with clothes. I'm not. I, I can't. I don't want to deal with the public. If, if if it comes time to me working in an office away from people, then I'm I'm chill with that. I'm, I'm not. I'd, I'd rather do construction and break my back than work with people. Work with people mm. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. You know, when I was at FAO, I, I just did the security, but we wasn't really actual security because we couldn't really apprehend anybody um you know how asset protection works <laughs> oh man i can only imagine how it is nowadays you know especially working with i mean we're in post-covid 
technically, you know, um, post shutdowns and everything. So people are even more um, agitated than usual, uh, especially when you have the mass mandates and stuff like that. I, you know, the horror stories that people are going through, I can only imagine. Uh, I mean, we we've got like a good <laughs> chunk of these stories ourselves. Yeah. Part of why, like, I'm quite done with the public. <laughs> So I guess the second part of the question is for for you as a consumer, you know, what is the I guess you say, what are your experiences as a consumer um, more related to your own feel with toys? You know, what are you specifically looking for um, as someone who is in the toy industry and wants to be a part of it and, and create your own toys? So as a consumer, what are you looking for? As a consumer? my type of toys aren't sold everywhere like i can't walk into a, a target or walmart mm -hmm. and find my type of toys i like stranger toys I like kaijus and stuff like that you can't really get that at a target yeah oh, so, uh, just just so for people who don't know the type of toy he's talking about is like a vinyl figure mm -hmm. um things that you do with vinyl plastics or resin plastics that come in a limited amount um, not like your ordinary blind box or plushie. Um, and usually what these vinyl figures are of more, not niche things, but it's not what the general urban layman, vinyl. yeah, urban vinyl, mm -hmm. not what the general public would know of. Okay. Um, so it's like, uh, I'll, I'll grab a couple pieces that I have that way we could show them. And then I'll, I'll grab, um, Mike, you can edit this part. I'll go grab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could show, I could show. This is like more mm -hmm. of what I'm looking for. Okay. These are usually like limited pieces. It's by smaller businesses, um, usually overseas. Uh, that process, like Safuvi, uh, you can't get in mm -hmm. America because the process making it is illegal here. Okay. Um, it's, oh, it's that's interesting. Yeah. It's technically, uh, it, it's like a chemical bath and a fry almost. It's um, mm. that's a lot including myself had to go overseas to get my product made okay um but as as a consumer i want to see more i guess niche kind of stores it's it's boring seeing the same thing call i hate to quote one of my managers but banks and coffee shops banks and coffee shops yeah. <laughs> I just, bro i just said that the other day <laughs> that, that, that's literally what especially new york is becoming if it's not a bubble tea's place then it's the same thing over and over again mm -hmm. and it sucks that a lot of places like that don't get the support that they deserve and they shut down i mean we've had like some incredible stores in new york i feel like that's one of the things that made new york really interesting is the fact that we, like there were something for everybody mm -hmm. there's certain small stores whether it's clothes or, or toys or just records um they should support you should support your local business because we need to keep those things it's what makes us special and if, if everywhere is just going to be an amazon store then that's going to be boring as hell yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and i know for myself as a consumer of because like we're all pretty much in the nerd community in our own like levels and ways yeah. um i too collect like certain safubis and vinyl figures and stuff like that that you cannot order here that are one-offs in japan or in china or korea and stuff like that um and it's 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 hard to get that stuff here 
Like, I would love to walk into a store like where you work, where I used to work at, um, even at Midtown, just pick up these special little one-off things. Um, it, like you said, it just, it makes New York the special creative spot that it is. Unfortunately, it comes down to businesses paying high rent. <laughs> yeah. so damn expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, just thinking about... uh. Well, since you did talk on the topic of rent, um, <laughs> let's talk about something real quick in terms of inventory when it comes to toys, right? So I want to get the in more so uh, mainly because you said you yourself want to create toys. So are you thinking of opening up your own store? Like, are you just want to be online distributor? How? What is this? What's the what's the path line? What's the goal? If you uh, if you uh, have it mapped out. So. Uh, I I wouldn't be able to I, I I wouldn't be able to make my own store. Uh, no, I think there's barely any artists that have a physical store. Okay. Uh, because you don't. One day, one month you might have a good month. The next month you might be terrible, and you just can't can't afford to have a physical mm. store. So online is honestly the way to go. You reach more um international customers okay. i just had my first sale in france which is great um congratulations, congratulations. thank you <laughs> um got from hawaii so it's like it's it's going you know it, it's pretty good so far okay but online is definitely like the way it is i'm hoping uh down the line when i do have more uh toys and art available i'm hoping to have a gallery okay. maybe for like a weekend that's the goal and just uh, exhibit and throw a little party. Um, I have some figures in the background here. Mm -hmm. I've hand painted and I have one uh, these that I've been kind of doing. These are hand paints that I do personally. Um, these, I like to combine my Puerto Rican culture with uh, Japanese culture that has influenced me so much. So I created pretty much this. Um, this is known as a kokisame. So kokis in Puerto Rico are these small little frogs and they make the noise koki. Mm -hmm. And um, you, can't, you can't bring them to the United States or outside of Puerto Rico because they'll die. Okay. They can't survive in this environment. Uh, so kokis is the frog and then same just means shark in Japanese. So I would like to combine that. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much painted all these. Uh, this was actually a broken 3D print. Okay. And uh, I decided to do something with this. I sculpted the horn on it. Mm -hmm. And if you look up a uh, rhino frog, it's an actual frog that's orange and black, kind of like this color wave. Okay. So I decided to like combine all, everything. And I always uh, sign it, put one of one. This is the only one I'll be ever making. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, little things like that. And then uh, my figure, I also like to combine Spanish uh, culture and Japanese culture. <laughs> He's got his little Japanese shoes here, <laughs> yep. but he has to have the socks. Cause yep. Puerto Rican wear socks or sandals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, I gotta represent. I feel it. <laughs> I'm a weeb, but you also gotta represent your own culture as well, you know? Yes, sir. So I've got a question. Um. Do you, is your hope um, at, okay, so I think we're all in pretty similar living situations. We all live with a family. Yep. Um, and 
I know we're all around the same age. Um, is your hope for this to be successful enough to help you along the way to a uh, sort of independence that you don't have while living with family? Correct. Uh, I just want to be able to afford my own place um, and not live with the roommates. I feel like that's not asking for a lot, but <laughs> living in New York is, is difficult, especially being a, a single person. They don't make it easy. Uh, you look at other countries where uh, a, an, a single individual can literally at least afford their own small place, even if it's just a studio, on what they make, even if it's like a minimum wage job. And you can't do that here. Paying your phone bill, paying internet, paying to just get to work. The mm -hmm. MTA increased yeah. their fares. And I've noticed that ever since the MCA increased their fares, there's been more train delays. Yeah. And I that's it's it, it literally felt like it, it like the moment that fare increased, I've experienced more train delays where it takes me an extra twenty to thirty minutes to get home. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. It did like did they wait for the last second to be like, hey, well, everything's breaking down let's fix it now how, you're such a huge business how is it that you didn't expect this how are you not doing like well i've got my own theories on that but <laughs> that might be a little too much for the podcast get into, get, let's get into some crypto stuff <laughs> I, mean, I mean i personally feel it's just become a huge racket when it comes to our public transport in new york and new jersey mm -hmm. and our housing sorry and our housing um as we all know the people in power aren't necessarily putting the money and the time towards fixing these things no matter how much they claim they are at the end of the day, the money's really going into their pockets. There's been enough news stories in the past two years, especially with our current um, electoral officials. Mm -hmm. um, and the a big story that happened a while ago was that fire, I believe, that happened in the Bronx um, that no oh, one yeah. has been held accountable for. Yeah, because um, they, they backed that person backed uh, Eric Adams. That's why he backed yep. the campaign. So he he uh, he was basically like, "Don't shut the door behind you guys." Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it is very much just like we're getting priced out, we're getting increased out. Um, it's to keep us home, but we can't afford to be home. And then our jobs are nine to five, like Jason and I have. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, um, like Grimshark and I have, um that aren't meeting the price of living in new york or new jersey or at all on the east coast and i know they're sort of having the same problem in california as well where a lot of these strikes are happening for the hotels as well as the actors and writers that are going on over there um it's like they're raising the prices just for it to keep breaking down and for us to have to keep apologizing to our bosses why we're late and it's not our fault we could only leave so early i'm not leaving my house two to three hours early just to be at a place from 12 to 8, yeah. that's my whole day gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be a weeb for one second, and I'm going to mention Japan. Mm -hmm. Trains are always on time in Japan. If there is a slight delay, 
the conductor actually will come out and apologize to everybody. That's how serious they are about work <laughs> and business. Out here. <laughs> out here to play. In the wild, yeah. wild west. <laughs> get there or don't get there. Is what, why, why is the, the train late? We don't know. <laughs> why, yeah. why is there a delay? Sign happened. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's, it's always the same nonsense. Yeah. Always. Oh, man. I, I just want, honestly speaking, I, I my goal is to buy a co-op. It's, it's starting to get a lot closer to that point. Okay. I would love to have a one-bedroom, but these prices out here, it's it's pretty insane. Um, For a one-bedroom, you're looking at, if, if you're not looking to, like, move into a, a, a the ghetto or the hood, like, like straight up, you're looking at at least, for one bedroom, 150000 up. Yeah, to buy a co-op. Yeah. Co um, I'm. I mean, I'm looking towards the Bronx. I, I feel pretty safe in the Bronx. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm just used to that. Um, but I'm looking at Riverdale, Pelham Parkway, uh, and I'm looking at for a studio. Now it's about a hundred and fifteen thousand up for a studio for a small studio. Yeah, and you look at it before pre-pandemic like 2019 those were about twenty thousand dollars less thirty thousand dollars less those people paid about eighty thousand ninety thousand dollars yeah a thirty thousand dollar increase in three years is, is is insane absolutely insane yeah and mortgage interest rates are crazy pre-pandemic we're talking about five percent if you were lucky you might have gotten four percent and now it's seven percent it's hitting eight percent right now. It's not decreasing; it's increasing. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I it, what this feels like is like George Romero's uh, Dawn of the Dead. You remember when uh, your rich, uh -huh. rich people are all safe? Yeah. That's what New York is becoming. <laughs> the rich people are gonna just be living here. It's gonna, it's gonna become a utopia. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's gonna have to be coming from outside to work here, and then you're gonna be broke because you have to come here and work and then go home and pay your bills. Yeah, yeah. The traveling in for work is is an extra. It's such an extra painful expense that you know it's you know unless something changes, me getting a one bedroom for myself to work where I live or to live where I work is an impossibility at this moment. Yeah, do you, uh, a question for both of you guys. Um, are you feeling, we mentioned feeling priced out of what's going on with me in New York city. Cause that's where all three of us, you know, currently located. Um, how do you guys feel about outside of New York city in terms of living arrangements? Like if, if getting out the hood is of course one of the model, of this podcast right yeah. um does that also entail moving out of new york completely for either of you or um, for you in, in kayla's case you know moving out of the tri-state area yeah right. you could go first um i'm noticing that the prices are the closer it's it is to new york it's spreading um mm -hmm. new jersey is getting expensive it's starting to catch up with new york mm -hmm. unfortunately mm -hmm. um I've always considered living in Jersey. Um, I I like a little more of a quiet area. Okay. Um, I like my peace. I like my quiet. Um, but those prices 
are moving out. I, I was considering Fort Lee. And just because Fort Lee is so close to New York, it'd be easier for me to travel here. But the, the prices are, uh, it's about the same. It's not much of a difference. Even if you look at places like Connecticut, like Danbury, which is a great uh, great area in Connecticut, but the prices, unfortunately, there's not many co-ops or condos because people have bought them out already. And and people, once you start getting comfortable in one area and it's like, hey, I kind of have gold, unfortunately, in the next five years, that gold's going to turn to silver. Because mm-hmm. the prices, the, the, this um, inflation is, is getting really out of hand. Yeah. Um, for me, my goal when I was younger was to be out of the tri-state area by 35. And I turned 35 this past year. So um, my goal when I was younger was to be out of here, to either move out of state, uh, out of the country um, to somewhere like London or Australia or New Zealand. Just I want to go experience the world. Um, I, as the years were approaching, I want to say maybe between 32 and 35, I was like, well, that's an impossibility because I haven't even lived in New York. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that growing up, I would get a job in the city, live in the city, um, at a brownstone or something, a one bedroom, possibly with a roommate for a little while, just to experience that, um, live by myself for a while figure shit out and then leave by 35 um i think at 30 i was like all right well why don't i push it to 40 i hit 31 i was like well this is never gonna happen um just the way life works and the changing in jobs and inflation and the prices of rent and stuff like that um and then also going and viewing apartments and just seeing how much they were charging for little spaces for so much money and then realizing that no matter what job I had at the time it was never going to be enough to facilitate me living and working there now for a while I did I lived in the Bronx with some family um, but again I was lucky enough to not have to pay an exorbitant amount of rent it was like a shared family experience Um, I lived with them for about a year and a half then moved in with a roommate um, and I was paying a little bit of rent because it was they knew someone who had a place and allowed us to move in. Turned out to be a horrible living experience with someone who I thought was a friend and then was it. Um, I ran through a lot of that in my life. <laughs> um, I, and that was in Staten Island. So I lived in Staten Island for a while, um, which wasn't too bad. I was lucky enough to live a 15-minute walk from the ferry and then work about a 15 to 20 minute walk from the ferry so i wasn't paying anything in transit unless i was going uptown like it was so great the ferry runs every what 15 minutes every half an hour (laughs) so if i'm if i miss i think wait i think in rush hour where like at the time my job was earlier in the day either i believe like either eight or 10 o'clock so it was like early in the day so rush hour is about like 15 minutes but eventually it slows down to about a half an hour so if at night if i miss that ferry i'm waiting a half an hour just to get back home or to get into the city so it's a pain in the ass pretty much what i'm dealing with here in jersey um if i miss a train or if i miss a bus i'm waiting an hour sometimes just to get home so it is very like um 
totally forgot what the question was but yeah move outside of uh new york i it's to the point now where i love the city so much and i love the creativity and the culture that's here but it's not sustainable it is not sustainable um if there's something that changes in our future like with this podcast or other things that we're doing yes i would love to stay there and my thing my goal would shift from 40 to 45 and be out of new york and living somewhere else and like just come here for a month or two to hang out you know Mm -hmm. that's my ultimate goal but with how the world works it's like unless we're making about 50k a month or something like that it's that doesn't seem plausible in the right now i mean 50 50k nowadays is nothing (laughs) exactly you you see how i lowball it it, it, i lowball it all the time (laughs) it's it's, um you think about a minimum wage worker a minimum wage worker maybe makes about thirty thousand a year and that's like well before taxes yeah yeah, it's it's ah. it's harsh nowadays. How can you live? How can you live by yourself? You, there's there's no way you can live by yourself nowadays. It, it's if you work a minimum wage job, you have to live with family or you have to live with roommates. You don't have an option unless you yeah. get some some royalty money somewhere or somebody supporting you. There's no way. No, yeah. not for at this point. Not for people like the three of us. Um. And I know there are stories of people who are younger than us who have managed to own their own homes right now. And for that, like, congratulations to them. And I think that's extremely wonderful. Yeah. But, They found you an know, advantage in the, right. uh, cracking the, which, the system. Right, which is what we're trying to do at the end of the day with this podcast, trying to figure out ways and advantages to bring us up out of the situation that we're in. Yeah. Can I bring up one thing? Yes. Of course. Student loans. Huh. I know the pain of those. Yeah. What's up? What really is up with that? Um, (laughs) So we found out that we are not getting student loan forgiveness. Yeah. After all that. All of that. After people voted for Biden because he, one of the main parts of his election was that. Yeah. Um, And basically the UN said that the way Biden did it was um, illegal, um, which is, I don't know what's illegal about you trying to get the um, loans canceled for, for, for your people. PPP loans. <laughs> so here's, here's the funny part, what they did. Yeah. Um, there was giant headlines about a month ago, whatever, saying Biden does something for student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read the fine print, which was a stipulation, you had to have been paying student loans for 20 years. 20 years. You you, you had to have been paying student loans for. <laughs> if, if, if 20 years I was paying student loans, I wouldn't have student any loans, student loans. Yeah. I would have maybe like a two, two $3,000, maybe. And that's Bro. how you, that's how they said um, people were going to get student loans forgiveness. And they made the the headline, the giant headline was Biden does something about student loans. Yeah. So that he can get a, a another run at president again. It, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people were like, yay, awesome. It's like, no, read no. the headline. Read, read, yeah. read the article. Yeah. 
It was just a gotcha moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and a lot of people just don't. Unfortunately, you got to read the headline. You got to read the whole article because. I mean, it's just like contracts at this point. You have to read the fine print to understand what the fuck is going on and what you've signed up for. It's just everything needs to be read thoroughly yeah, now. Absolutely. But they've. I guarantee you, they've caught a lot of people. Oh yeah. They, they yeah they definitely did and then there's like huh so we don't actually ha- have forgiveness for you guys folks um i mean not for some of you guys some of like yeah <laughs> they're like very very f- few of you guys got forgiveness and then the rest of y'all well, <laughs> well go for the guy in his 60s and 70s that's gonna finally get student loan relief you know it's like come on I yeah. mean, considering that people want to raise the retirement age to 67 or 70, it's like, I mean, honestly, good for them because now they have to work till they drop dead. Like, At least literally. they don't have to pay student loans. You know what I mean? My, my dad is, my dad's 73 years old and he's still working. Can't afford to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Oh, oh my God. If you, if you, you know what? <laughs> Speaking, let's like, that's an actual perfect segue um because you know we've been talking about the nine to five grind but we're also doing something to hopefully alleviate us from the nine to five grind or basically the regular job so um in terms of business wise right with the with your toy business what are some of your expenses you know how, how much is some of this stuff costing you out of your pocket um and are you seeing profits at the moment that's another question. So I guess we could go through the, the expenses with your toy business at the moment. So in order to make a bigger uh, mass produced, mm-hmm. um, it's cheaper to, to get it produced outside the United States. Uh, China, yeah. unfortunately, like that that's where you got to go because you'll get a better price on unit price and the whole production of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan vinyls are more expensive. Uh, I couldn't do that uh, for Japan for a mold. You're looking mm-hmm. at five grand yeah. just for the the metal mold to mass produce it. Uh, I chose to use Alibaba and hit up a lot of factories there yeah. um, to find the one that I'll ultimately use. Um, my metal mold for my figure cost me uh, fifteen hundred. Okay. Um, and they want there's a minimum order you can do. Uh, usually it's like a hundred. Okay. And each one of those unit pieces, uh, the original contract was five dollars each. Mm-hmm. Uh, they increased it to fifteen. Whew. Yeah. Uh, and that was be- uh, during the pandemic because prices were going up. Yeah. Um. So that right there was about three grand. And then uh, on top of that, there's you have to pay for a sample, which is like another four hundred dollars. Yeah, per right thing per unit, right? Uh, no, it's just four hundred uh for a sample. So it's this is basically uh like the prototype. Yeah. So you have to like pay money to get the prototype done, so you um you can confirm, hey, this is what I want. Do they? Cause um, in retrospect, cause I've uh I've ordered with when it comes to like say deck boxes and stuff like that. Um, like where using, you know, Alibaba, uh, where you can create like deck boxes like this, but the question, yeah, but the question, yeah. So do you, do they at least give you samples? Like if you want to say, 
more if you have different designs do they give you like a rate on each sample or like they are they charging you per sample for each design or are they charging you like just in bulk if that uh, they're sense. charging in bulk okay so the, the bulk after the sample you get one sample you get one it's like 400 bucks okay and then once you confirm it uh each unit price uh will be cheaper after the metal mold is done okay now the problem with my first factory that did my first color wave is mm -hmm. that after the 100 pieces were done uh they went around and said uh because it was more complicated than what they said they wanted to raise the price for me to to 30 dollars a piece oh no and yeah. on top of that they wanted a thousand pieces minimum i don't have thirty thousand yeah. dollars to give, and yeah. i don't have I don't have space or my own place and even if i did have my own place i don't have even a one bedroom my whole living room would be full of boxes unless i pay for a storage unit mm -hmm. and then that's an extra cost a month of a hundred dollars or more sometimes a month to store the stuff yeah i mean either way i don't have thirty thousand dollars to give you and then expect people to pay you know 60 bucks mm -hmm. and then I, if I want to reach out to stores, I have to give them a uh, percentage, a, a percentage or consignment. Unless you're already big in the business, you can't sell a thousand pieces mm -hmm. on color. It doesn't make sense. A lot of independent artists, what they do is they'll have one offs and hopefully get some traction through that or those minimum, you know, 25, 100 pieces maximum to hopefully get people into it. Mm -hmm. and then sell new color waves of the same figure so that they can maximize their profit for that one design very you know? expensive and it, it, it gets really it, it gets really expensive and um to answer your question like am i seeing profit right now um i, I am seeing small profit i'm not yeah. i haven't gotten all the money i put into it back yet that's going to take some time yeah. So do you know at this moment how much money you've put in all together with I because I know you and I have spoke about like copyright fees and legal fees and things like that. You're also now talking about how you had to switch companies between the first company you they that try to scam you out of some more cash dollars to a second company you're working with. Mm -hmm. Do you know the the total of everything you spent and from when to when? Like when did you start this to today? Like uh, so this, I believe I started, uh, so my first figure was, uh, actually I got done in Mexico. Okay. Um, this is the original look for Taco and Hammer. Mm -hmm. And this is the, uh, updated look. You can see like the Much head larger. is different. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, the feet are a little bit bigger than the original. Mm -hmm. Um, this one, uh, I actually contacted somebody who makes me power ranger helmets okay. i used to play a lot and i used to cosplay power rangers a lot and he actually has a business where he makes helmets and costumes and uh sculptures he's a professional sculptor and he has his own um business um to get the 3d file made for my figure because all i did was draw it um if you don't know how to do 3d sculpting you have to pay somebody for a 3d file to be made first mm -hmm. and the 3d file plus 
25 pieces i think i paid about 500 dollars. and this this is resin and when was that that was years ago that was okay. uh, at least maybe 2019 all right so you started this pre-pandemic in 2019 yeah okay and then... uh, 500 bucks it, it took like a year for them to do it because they have to create a mold and they have other projects to do um the sad part is with with the resin is uh the day in I believe it was 2020, it was like after pandemic. Um, you weren't allowed to go very far for your birthday. Unfortunately, you couldn't go anywhere. So I, me and my friends chose Boston because it's not that far from New York. It's mm -hmm. a lot of open air. Um, I spent all night the day before I had to get on the bus, the the train to go to Boston, painting one of them because I wanted to take some pictures out there, and I painted it. And the day of my birthday, it fell on the floor um, on a carpet, and the tail broke. A lot Ooh. of hard work down the freaking toilet. So I didn't feel right about selling people a resin figure. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I wanted to do vinyl and make it as official as possible. Uh, if this falls on the floor, it's not going to break. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have to cat. You have to spend the big big boy bucks. To Damn. have a you know figure, um, I would say for this character in general, I have at least spent anywhere from maybe five to six and a half thousand, okay. just for this character in general. And and all this is a risk. You have to take a risk to to get out the hood. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to you have to risk it all sometimes. Um, and I I work a retail job, so that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um and I so so my current factory they said they can do a hundred pieces minimum. I had to thank God I didn't I didn't pay. I guess they forgot. Um, <laughs> the original factory. Hopefully they never listen yeah. to this then. <laughs> the original factory shipped the metal mold to to the new factory. Okay. And with them they said um we can do $25 a unit piece, which is still really expensive. Um, but we can do 100 pieces minimum. So that's $2,500 already there. Yeah. And if you don't have a uh, New York tax certification ID number or, an, or an EIN and stuff like that, then you have to pay taxes on top of that using Alibaba. Yeah. So I just got approved for the... Uh, uh, tax exemption so now i don't have to pay taxes on alibaba which is great yeah um especially when you're spending one half you have to spend like fifteen hundred dollars and then the other half is another fifteen hundred dollars and that's uh like 150 dollars in taxes each way so i don't have to spend that now okay. but um i have another a second color wave coming out hopefully that'll be a new york comic-con exclusive that's the goal um and they're painting them right now and I'll hopefully have that by the end of September and in time for New York Comic Con in October. But I, I, yeah, I would, I would say shelled out of my own pocket at least anywhere from five to six and a half thousand. Okay. How many characters uh, do you have complete, like uh, done so far? Just the one, or uh, vinyl wise, just this one character, Taco and Hammer. But I have paid for multiple 3D files to be made for me. And those, I'll draw something and I'll have an idea. And if I want to make a 3D file for it, I'll end up um, paying another artist 
so that they can make a 3D file for it. And that'll cost anywhere from about $200 to $300 to, if it's more complicated, 500 bucks just for a 3D file. Yeah. I know, so I I know have, the struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, what you get paid in like, you know, week and stuff like that is just going to one thing that you may not see a profit from at all. Yeah. You're, you got to hope for the best. Yeah, um, which is which is something that we were talking about with the podcast and editors and things like that. Yeah. How it's something we want to do. This is something we want to make a living off of. But at the start, you're putting way more money in than you're getting back. And it probably won't be a long time till you see um, not necessarily yeah, the fruits of your labor, but not necessarily a full coverage of everything you spent. That's not going to happen for quite a while. Yeah. Well, you have to do what you love. Yeah. Yeah. Risk on what you love. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the uh, the one of the biggest things. Like the our biggest investment is time, and you know we're investing our time into stuff that we love. Um, speaking of the time, right? Um, how much time are you investing into content creation, if any, around your products? Uh, so at, at the moment, uh, it's been a struggle getting all the certifications mm-hmm. done, um, getting the uh, EIN, getting the tax exemption, getting uh, going down to the courthouses and certifying my business. Um, trademarking is another thing that I'm doing right now, and that's about 500 bucks just to get mm-hmm. the trademark alone. And these are all pieces of paper that all, all they say is like, hey, you have a business. Yeah. That that that's all it is. Um, I went to the bank and um, apparently I didn't bring enough documentation because my business is called Grim Shark. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have my last name in it, so they wanted an extra document, um, basically saying that uh, this business belongs to me mm-hmm. because it's under a different name. It doesn't have my last name in or my yeah. name at all. Um, and EBAs, that yeah. yeah, that document costs seventy five dollars. Yeah. It, just a piece of paper that says this is your business yeah and in order for me to get my business account i needed that piece of paper um i i I just went to a different branch of the bank and i showed them my core document that said it said green shark on it and they were like oh this is okay but if you don't go around and get the proper information then i i could have just said okay sure and then i would have had to spend 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 75 bucks Mm -hmm. for nothing yeah and every little, you know, dollar counts towards like something you need to do. Yeah. And it, it, it gets really, really pricey, but like in all the certifications and everything like that, trademark, um, and uh going down to the courthouses, uh the fee for registering your business at the courthouses of New York are it was a hundred hundred and Ten dollars, I believe, or one hundred and twenty dollars, just to certify it. Yeah, it was ten dollars and fifty cents for a copy, for a a cop a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, another copy. Yeah, um, <laughs> with the seal, yeah. with the seal, right? Yeah, it, it, it's just a, a piece of paper, and they're charging you ten dollars and fifty cents for this. Like, come on, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 they try to get every penny out of you. Yeah. Every single penny. And is it incorporated God, or LLC? 
I, I'm doing a sole proprietor. Sole proprietor, okay. I'm doing a sole proprietor in the beginning. I could later down the line, if, if things work well, I can get an LLC. Um, okay. But doing a sole proprietor right now, I felt like was the best um, method because okay. I am starting out. I don't know what, what's going to happen yeah. um, with this. Um, and the LLC is, is definitely more responsibility. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> more responsibility, more expenses, because then you got to think about it's $250 for the articles of a corporation in New York. Then you got to pay a, around $50 to $2,000 to put your uh, business in two different newspapers, a local and then like the, the state one. So that's even more expenses down the line. And you got to... Um... What I've been doing to to get the word out is using Instagram ads, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's great. But at the same time, it's kind of like you'll. I've been kind of doing a thing like twenty dollars to thirty dollars a week on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like ten dollars spread out. Okay. To hopefully, get at least one sale. If I get one sale, then that pays. Uh, the the money that I made from the figure as profit just goes to that. Okay. And I'm just basically trying to get followers uh, to continue viewing my page to hopefully uh, have a fan base. Okay, that's a perfect question. Oh, a perfect uh, thing that you just said. Are you so you just said Instagram, right? Are you using TikTok or Facebook? I'm not using Facebook. Um, okay, I, I'm I'm done with Facebook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> TikTok is something that I have I have to start looking into as much as I don't want to. Okay. Um, as I I don't care for social media in general. Um, I like Instagram. Quick, I'm already on that too much. I mm-hmm. feel like it's really easy to be at work and just be scrolling through your phone, and uh, your phone takes a lot of a lot of your time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But you you have to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in a society of electronics, and that that's what you have to do yeah so so let me bring this to you then um as someone who is a content creator that uses all these platforms um in what's uh how many followers do you currently have on instagram if you knew off the top of your head uh, 143 i believe now okay and you started your instagram for your toy do you know like the time period the time uh, frame July- July twenty third of what year? What year? Of uh, this year. This year. Okay, so you just started. Okay. Yeah. All right. So and you have a hundred followers on Instagram. I absolutely recommend making a TikTok. TikTok has the best growth currently right now. Um, the 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 the, the difference between TikTok and Instagram it, for for business there's two two major difference. One, TikTok ads. Um, have more reach than Instagram ads currently. Um, and when you get a thousand followers on Instagram, uh, on TikTok, you get to have your link um, in your bio on TikTok. Um, TikTok shows your video, your videos to 200, around 200, 300 people in the very beginning of when it's uploaded, even if you're brand new. So if you were to make a brand new TikTok right now, your first five videos are always going to be pushed out into the algorithm um you have a website i'm not sure if you're using shopify yeah I'm using shopify. okay so yeah so shopify okay so yeah you can use shopify uh eventually with tiktok itself uh and if you censor it around tiktok ads 
um you will get more bang for your buck with tiktok ads so in the scale of like advertising currently uh with current trends uh it's tiktok ads right now and then facebook ads and then instagram ads uh, that's why i asked earlier about facebook facebook has a much older demographic um than the other platforms while which TikTok, when you yeah. think about like the type of ideal that you have around your toy and the people who buy it an older audience necessarily is not a bad thing to try to get you know what i mean so like, yeah. with the instagram ads you yeah. can choose like age range and the yeah. analyst is um saying that uh for me it's uh usually 18 to like 35 so okay uh, doing it most so, so uh tiktok would definitely be a, a big help yeah tiktok if you target so the thing about tiktok right um because if posting on tiktok you can post the same video more than one time on tiktok um you know or you can say take different angles of say with your with your figures um and you can post say six times on tiktok instagram punishes you in the very beginning if you're going to be posting that amount unless you're using instagram reels um instagram reels is the best way to grow currently on instagram um me and kayla uh been talking about instagram for a while and i recently changed my entire instagram like uh, at the start of the podcast as an experiment and just like for instance within so around the same time that you launch your toys or is probably about 15 days before then i redid my instagram and focused it around reels and now that instagram is growing you know almost 10 followers 200 followers without any instagram um ads instagram ads while also trying to do organic content does clash so that's that's uh it's weird instagram's algorithm is weird like that but that's something to note um so that's why i'm not sure if you if you're focusing more on paid ads as opposed to um organic content so i guess the next question is how much organic content are you posting on social media right now you just says it's 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 instagram so in a normal week how much would you post about your toy or just about your business in general not enough um at the moment i'm waiting for my um i just actually got in my photo room my photo box okay um that was 80 bucks and then uh right now i'm waiting for this um setup Mm -hmm. um so I can actually take video of my figure. Um, that's also one of the goals is to uh, create videos, small videos of my figure moving and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm waiting. I bought that on Amazon. I have to wait for that to come in. And then also uh, going out places, taking more video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it, it's just a waiting game for all these little things to come in. I have bought a bunch of like little miniatures. So mm-hmm. I actually, I have a question about that. Are you, aside from waiting for all the production equipment that you need, um, was there also a wait to make sure you had all your paperwork lined up before you put the figure out there so that no one would take your IP, so to speak? Uh, I mean, you have to, like, for the New York State uh, ID, you have to wait a week for Mm -hmm. at least a piece of paper to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have to go down to for, to certify. You have to go actually go down to the courthouses and register your business. Um, yeah. For the EIN, you get that uh, twenty four hours. Online. Yeah. yeah okay. Get that online. Yeah. So basically, the turnover for the paperwork is pretty quick. It's just a lot of money. It's just a lot of money, okay. and then you also have to go and uh, get your uh, go to the bank, get a business account, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait for the uh, physical card to come in. If not, you can yeah. always use um Google Pay or Apple Pay, and you you'll get the debit card number. Okay. Uh, but you also have to build the website, which that can take some time. Yeah, the Shopify, yeah, and that that that's another expense as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you when you started? Uh, I guess when you started your Shopify, did you have the free monthly plan like for the first three months one, or did you just start cold turkey, immediately, uh, paying? Is it like uh, what? They, yeah. They don't even. They don't even give you three free months now. Oh. It, it, it's it's oh, it's what? three weeks. It's three weeks for free to like to create so, the website. Yeah, I think so, I personally feel like that's probably the shift in everyone's at home trying to do their own thing yeah. now. Everyone's trying to work from home on their own business. So it depends so. because all right. So the main thing is there are a lot of um, financial YouTubers um, that have uh, the actual links to their product. Like so, if you look through youtube on youtube dropshipping uh i'm not sure if, if if any of you guys have done that but no you and yeah. i have talked about yes. it though <laughs> yes yeah we have talked about it. so yeah so shopify does offer a lot of youtubers like codes and there are a lot of websites that have links to the code where you could get shopify free well not free but it's a dollar for like the first three months or even a dollar for the first month and whatnot um it's just that it's shopify is pushing it out there but they're making it hard for people to come across that information unless you're like really actively looking into the like say other youtubers um because like i own three shopify stores um one is on that three that three month plan uh and i had to find a dropshipping youtuber that that offered it or whatnot um but I will say this, you got to read, like, you got to read all the contracts, right? Just so the same thing here, because if you do do that plan, like the $3, uh, well, the $1 a month plan, they will lock you into a yearly plan instead of monthly. So I'm not sure That's... if you're paying annually or you're paying monthly. Um, so what I have, um, you first three weeks is free. Okay. Um, but sometimes it, it it can take longer for you to like build a website or if you don't mm-hmm. have time like I did. And if especially if you're not tech savvy, like I'm not tech savvy at all. Okay. So I had to like learn and I had to take photos for the banner and the heading and all that stuff. Um, when it came time for them to charge me, mm-hmm. um, I did the first three months for a dollar. Okay. Um, I got that. However, you do have to sign up for a uh, yearly annual fee. Yeah. Now, if you choose to pay it monthly, the cheapest plan is $40 a month. Yeah, yep. That's the one I'm um, also on for one of my businesses. What I chose to do is just pay the yearly fee, and I just... 300 yeah. Because you get it for $30 a month. Yeah. And if you do the yearly fee, that's how they get you. Uh, I mean, you save, a, like, $120. Yeah. So I decided to do just, like, the yearly fee... Um. I mean, I'm definitely going to continue this. So I figure why why not just do the yearly and get it out of the way 
yeah you know and you keep your ip well the 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 domain name yeah 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 and yeah. i use um namecheap for the domain name but i think i'm gonna transfer the domain the, the domain name to shopify to make Netflix. everything at least in one space and and not deal with multiple websites yeah um, so currently your Shopify business is a one item brand at the moment, right? Which the goal is to branch out, uh, yeah. further. Um, there are, uh, what you call it. So yeah, I guess I could say the best ways will be, of course, you know, mapping your social media around your Shopify, um, especially, uh, something that me and Kayla was talking about most recently is the amount of free content. Um, out there so you know especially because you don't have as much time but you want to eventually dedicate a lot more time to say this business um you might want to work more with organic uh content for, uh, as opposed to paid ads um mainly once you start tiktok absolutely i think every business um has to have a tiktok um since it's the easiest platform to gain a following off of no matter like it could be the most random posts um, but if it does have your item and it goes viral using, you know, say TikTok sounds or Instagram sounds and stuff like that, um, those are what's going to translate over to your business. You know, the issue, the only one issue is on TikTok got to have 1000 followers, but even through organic ads, you can say the, the, you could say link in bio and you, and you could put like, um, yeah. actually just write the link of your, your store as your bio yeah so those like there are ways around it or whatnot um because i've i've seen um because you're on shopify there are stuff like uh this website called shophunter.io.io um and it lets you know who are your competitors highly expensive for absolutely no reason because it's like 75 dollars a month um so but it's for you know, this guy got beef with you yeah because but what it does <laughs> what it does show you is how much they've sold and the volume that they sold at uh and how much money your competitors are making um like when i was using it i used it to see what are my competitors in say the card game space in terms of like deck boxes and whatnot like my friend who she she does her own designs for cards and deck boxes and whatnot um like she and she's very public with how much she makes because like as a community wise um she had a drop that made you know eight thousand dollars now it's using the Yu-Gi-Oh ip um which you know there are very Yu-Gi-Oh is is one of those things where they can't copyright everything it would be impossible and that'd be like uh a cost that they don't want to do um pokemon is a little bit more protective of their ip um where they, they, they will yeah play. nintendo don't play they will spend every single dollar to make sure that haunters trademark ghastly like all those are trademark but um yeah Yu-Gi-Oh. she you know she took advantage of the fact that Yu-Gi-Oh is not trademarking say uh dark redition girl stuff like that um and she was she was able to make deck boxes around that uh and make sure that it was transformative but the main thing of, you know, like there are other sites, you know, as you grow your business, you know, you could, you know, look at your competition. Um, but the main thing, I guess, to bring it all back is content creating. Yeah, that's going to be a, a major part for you. Because that's what's going to honestly help you uh, branch out and get those clients to, I guess we could say. also part yeah. of why we wanted you on, on the podcast so that we could yeah. help get your name out there too. 
Um, and also yeah. as he's doing, offer you advice on ways to upgrade your business and also get you out of the hood as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, um, the, the number one thing is consecration is a, like another second job. So when you're looking at this, you're wearing multiple hats as it is, you know, you're working yeah. a retail job. Then you're also right now, you're trying to run your own small business. And then you have the consecration side of things where, you know, you're going to have to create those free content, but definitely you, you're already looking towards doing video content. Absolutely. Video content will be your best friend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, I have to create, I have to wait for a lot of uh, product to come mm -hmm. in. Um, my art will not only be um, my toys, but also uh, fashion as well as um, performance art. Okay. Uh, I have commissions. Um, like I said earlier, um, I have a uh, connection in Mexico who makes Power Ranger helmets. Mm -hmm. And he's actually creating me this custom um, helmet because um, uh, I don't like to display it, show my face. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be an artist that doesn't show who he is. Mm -hmm. um, I've always, I love wrestling. Uh, I, love Lucha, I love Lucha Libre. I always thought that was so cool. Same, same. Uh, for people to be masked and just not known, um, like Jackie Chan Adventures, El Toro <laughs> never moves his mask. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as well as like guys like MF Doom, who was asked the question of why do you wear the mask, and MF Doom's response was because I wanted to show everybody that anybody could wear the mask, anybody mm -hmm. could be MF Doom, anybody can be this. Which person. is basically the pathos of Stanley for Spider Man. Yeah. Like anyone can be Spider Man. It's, yeah. it's anyone can create their own toy. Anyone can start their own podcast. You know, we can all figure out ways to tap into our creative outlets and do stuff that we love, but also tries to help us better our circumstances. If if we can, I feel like because we're all at an age where you know it's not easy for everyone at our age or younger to just run after their dreams like we're trying to do but hopefully in seeing us and seeing someone who doesn't show their face gives you the inspiration to go ahead and w not work because who wants to work anymore but go <laughs> ahead and try to achieve your dream try to achieve your goals yeah yeah i'm also i'm also a very private person Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't i don't need people coming up to me in the street and having a conversation that guy that made this thing that yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm very introvert i like my my anime i like my video games i like my piece you're like the, the one piece creator who doesn't ever show his face <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's yeah he the last interview he had he just had it completely blocked off meeting the main character from the the netflix series so yeah mysterious but at the same time it's your artistry you know yeah yeah so uh grimshark what is let's say what is your five-year goal what is your 10-year goal either for uh, not either both for you personally and both for your business uh personally i would say um i'm hoping that next year i have enough money saved up and have some decent options to hopefully move to um riverdale in the bronx i love riverdale it's it's quiet the water's nearby i love being near the water it calms me um so that's my goal okay. it is just to have 
uh, a co-op and hopefully selling a certain amount of uh, toys a month to help mm-hmm. pay for the mortgage and my rent. Um, also, if I if I can go to Japan at least once a year, um, even if it's it, it'd be great if it was for business. So, um, my ten year goal is to have at least a uh, one or two galleries, um, with my work in it, as well as my main dream was to have my name known in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. if I can have my figures sold in Japan, and then hopefully, um, you know pay for my hotel and fly me out wine and dine me over there and um have a gallery or two over there and be respected as a toy artist and that'd be great um business wise it'd be really great to not have to work uh you know a day job and hopefully just do this full time and hopefully have um you know launches that sell out you know like like cause where it's, it's his figures sell out within like you know the first five minutes you know and hopefully uh get you know businesses that want to work with me do different artist collabs um different convention exclusives uh for my merch uh and hopefully you know influence other people to you know at least try to do the things you want to do in life mm-hmm uh, if you don't try, then you, you can't do anything unless you try. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, just like, is there anything else aside from your nine to five that you're doing to help bring in money or, yeah, to help with, you know, the spending costs that you're doing? Because like as we, we, we've mentioned before, our nine to fives don't necessarily pay us to survive. Um. Is there any other sort of hustle that you're doing to help? alleviate the pressure so the good thing is that um where i work we do consignment which is has been helping out a lot um i've been buying anime products uh and my job takes a percentage and um i've been buying uh trading cards i've been buying all the hottest new training cards um you from Yu-Gi-Oh. hey the new Chainsaw Man trading cards, the Attack on Titan trading cards, uh, Hunter Hunter, Kodias, uh, all no these fans, yeah. anybody? <laughs> yeah. I've been buying a ton of trading cards. I buy the the booster boxes because uh, if you know, if you buy the booster boxes, you have a better chance to get uh, the card you want, the rare yep. card. And I resell the packs at work, and I get a uh, cut of the money as well as buying things from Alibaba like. Uh, replica anime swords from Demon Slayer and Bleach. Um, buying old toys on eBay, vintage stuff like Devilman figures, and reselling them for more money. Uh, I also have a pin brand called Weeble Wonders, um, and we've created a couple, a different merch. We're expanding the merch. It's me and two of my friends. Um, also trying to get out the hood and it's just basically a nice project to do with friends and we're we all went to um art and design high school so we make a lot of anime merch so we've done um things from uh anya from spy family pins to attack on titan pins to jujutsu kaisen pins um and that sold on our etsy as well as the store mm-hmm. and we just expanded into making tote bags um my friend 
worked for a t-shirt making company so she's designed a lot of the anime product that gets sold at hot topic and um uh express and gap and all these other like mainstream brands that started to sell anime stuff like inuyasha and mm-hmm. sailor moon she's designed a lot of that merch for them so she started uh designing our tote bags now and uh we've done uh we're gonna start branching out into t-shirts pretty soon so um besides like my nine to five the uh my toy brand and my anime uh brand with my friends and consignment like it's about three four 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 different sources of income Mm -hmm. coming in because you I, i have to do that one thing supports the other business and um a lot of the time you don't see profit yeah uh you know i I don't i don't live a life where i thank god i don't live a life where i go out every weekend and get drunk and party because i can't afford that Mm -hmm. and i I don't go on vacation very often um because it's in order to make this stuff happen in order to make money you have to spend money yeah money you're sacrificing a lot of your own personal free time to work yeah yeah uh it's the only way to make these things happen is to spend the money that i do get and that's why i'm living you know with family even though i do pay a portion of the rent i I can't move out and pay that and invest in myself at the same time yeah understandable i was gonna mention um like, cause yeah, you're you're doing a lot of um, like with the the other businesses you're doing. Um, essentially, um, you should also look into drop shipping because you're already buying from Alibaba. Um, and if you're selling mainly in store to people with the stuff you're doing, like say including like say the pins or the other items that you buy from Alibaba, you're selling in store to people or to people you know. Um, then drop shipping. Is essentially having no inventory but you can still have those items from alibaba or aliexpress and with the website that you could that you could set up um that's where you can use to start targeting strangers but then again you would also need to focus your strategy around organic content say with an instagram separate instagram and a separate TikTok. um but that's just something that you might also want to look into um, to further look at diversifying like income, especially since you already have the experience, you already know like what niche stuff um, crowd wise. Um, so that's something that if you have the people that you currently sell to, uh, something that you can easily like pitch to them, say, okay, here's the website that has even more products um, that you can do and resell with. Um, but yeah, like that's something that you might want to look into as well. Yeah. I've been been thinking about it and I'll say this as being a friend of a friend like friends of people who create buy your friends merch support your friends businesses that also helps us oh so much Um, and sharing somebody's stuff is free yes yes always um I I don't currently where I record our podcast is not in my own personal space if it was I'd have like I own Weeboo Wonder Pins, I own Grim Shark's figure, mm-hmm. and I give money where I can, where when I can. I also make sure I 
you know, if there's a sticker available with their website or barcodes or things like uh, QR codes, I stick them where I know people are going to see them. Um, I make sure I wear pins and t-shirts and stuff like that constantly where I know people are going to be around because people ask me all the time, like I have jackets and bags that are just covered in enamel pins yeah. and a good chunk of them are from Weeaboo Wonders and from another friend of ours. And I'm always hoping to help promote their business. So it's little things like that that you can do for your friends and family to also help them get out the hood. If a pin is $15, put that pin on because that's your offering free marketing when you go out with that pin. Yeah. You know, you're leading those people to their websites to try to help facilitate putting money in their pocket. And it means so much to a lot of us when you do stuff like that. Um, when I know when my friends share things that we've done or things that mm. I, I do outside of the podcast, it means so much to me because it means that you actually support what I'm doing. You see a future for what I'm doing. And you're also trying to help me get out of the hood. So please, if you can, if you know, support the people around you, support your friends and family. Yeah. Buy, buy their product. Don't just ask <laughs> for free merchandise. I yeah. mean, look, if, You've given me free stuff before, but you know, that's because you've had extra. And of course I'm, I'm going to take it, but then I'm going to put it on and then tell people where to get it. Yeah. Um, do not just expect your friends to do stuff for you for free. Cause as Grimshark just stated, we're putting so much time uh, and money yeah. into this stuff. Just a little bit of support help really does go a long way for us mentally. Um, it, I find that it helps alleviate a sort of stress that at least, wow, okay, I have Jimmy and Billy Bob here sharing my shit and wow, that makes <laughs> me feel so good. I don't have to worry because now their audience is also seeing what I can do and hopefully I can catch some from their audience to help grow our audience and to help put, you know, put food on our table, roof over our head and, you know, hopefully I can move out of New York by the time I'm 40. So... <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I guess, um, Gripshark, do you have any questions for us? Where do you guys see yourself in the next 10 years? Want to go first, Kayla? Or do you want okay. me to go first? Well, we, I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've, we, I think we discussed this in like our first episode. Um, at, through all of this, my hope is I've always wanted to be a manager. Uh, I've always, you know, of a band or something or of an artist. I love helping people get their name out. Um, I don't have creativity in that sense, but I have the creative ability to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got the riz, as the kids say. Oh, God. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, I love doing that stuff for my friends. Um, if in 10 years, I can move this podcast into, even in five years, if I can move this podcast into helping anyone or, you know, to get people at the next level, I would love to do that. That's that's my goal. I, I also don't ever want to work again. I'm quite burned out. I'm never doing retail after I leave this job. I mean, never say never. Who knows what will happen? Mm -hmm. Maybe one day I'll work a gallery. You know what I mean? Who knows where life will take me? But basic retail, I'm done with. Um, I would love... I, it's a basic thing of, I just want to live in my own space. Yeah. That's... It's... I 
want to have bigger goals than that but the basic goal is i want to live in my own space i want to be able to afford to live on my own before my car gets punched you know <laughs> i just want that little ounce of independence and freedom where i'm free to do what i want to decorate how i want to live how i want without the constraints of other people around you but if it also means that one day we all get a brownstone together we all have separate floors and on one floor is our office that would be fucking phenomenal too i would love that i mean yeah, yeah that essentially is my goal to take this podcast and to help people out of the situations that we're all in yeah, and yeah. to manage and to pr the shit out of shit yeah <laughs> uh for me uh well, before we get to 10 years, let me talk about and within one year's time, um, like my goal YouTube wise is to grow, you know, not only this podcast, my grow my separate other YouTube channel, um, past 100,000 subscribers. Uh, I've like reshaped my entire like, like, I guess you could say outlook on social media, uh, especially when it comes to advertising. Because, you know, in, in total, like, I was able to grow, say, two channels to over 100,000 subscribers. Like, I know what it takes to gain followers on all the platforms nowadays. So now it's like, you know, uh, essentially, I did, like, a restart. But when you start a new business or a new venture, you're not starting really over. You're just starting from experience. Um, so I'm taking all that experience, you know, all the, the context that I made in the K-pop industry the anime feel with other fellow anime YouTubers who are much larger than me uh, with like millions of subscribers and whatnot. And then leveraging that towards like new things to do. Um, so in year one, the goal is to make even more money than I ever made before through YouTube. Um, so that includes with sponsorships, uh, endorsements, what we're doing with the podcast. Uh, also in that one year from, from a year now, um next year so evo the evo championships just passed um next year i am planning to launch my card game uh which is a fighting card game at evo which would be the like the official uh like i have a booth at evo so i'll have like demos and works for it but i'm also going to be at enemy expo next year to demo the card game as well um so just like how you're working on say you know toy products i'm working with launching an original card game uh, and then getting contracts to do collabs like for one of the collabs that I could publicly say is Genshin Impact because Genshin Impact also allows collabs um, with anybody including if you're making toys you have to just contact them um, because you can't sell more than 500 of the specific character um, that you choose but you don't have to pay any royalties as long as it's not over as long as it's not over um 500 characters i mean 500 items that are sold with that specific character so that's a cool thing to note that genshin allows that to happen they allow fan art people can make money off their ip as long as you don't make over a certain amount and if you do then you got to notify them so in my case with card games you know if i have a card based on one character i know that that's a limited run of this specific character and i don't have to con like i don't have to tell genshin anything you know um so that's just like the one year mark um also i'm launching you know uh an apparel brand and it's all around anime um so everything right now is just more so like making multiple streams of income within five years i hope to have um you know the uh a 
digital version of my card game which is uh which will be one of like the first ones to really combine a fighting game and a card game in total so i've been working on having animations done for that um even hiring voice actors and stuff like that uh for like preliminary stuff so it could be launched for like kickstarter um so within five years hopefully the digital version the digital client will be out um along with my companion novel so i'm writing you know light novels so that's pretty much where five years happens and in 10 years i hope to not be doing any of this so the the, the goal is to get to the point where Let somebody else run it yes there you go so yeah. slowly delegating to the point where i just want to be a person that on my youtube channel i just want to come in film and then all right guys catch you later because there will be somebody doing the editing someone will have written the script for the video essay that i wanted to write at that time somebody will be doing everything else all i want to do is just come in film and be like all right next then the next point of work it'll be all right we filmed the podcast that's cool now we got somebody to edit the podcast um then i want to do the book meeting that's the only thing i'll probably be doing for myself is like writing the actual book but in terms of editing and all the other stuff i mean we have chat gpt right now so who even knows if i oh, need to write God. the book you need to write your book please. oh my god i'm just saying like listen i i, I have dabbled with it and i fed chat gpt my entire story and it gave me a novel and sure oh it, it kind of sucks but I, I like listen you never know at this time you don't like you just never know uh and then literally have other people pretty much like you know as the business grows i just want to delegate as much of the work so that like most of the days is i mean it might be boring to a lot of people but it's just like having a meeting filming Wait a minute. like i think you know, anyone who yeah. thinks that that's boring hasn't worked <laughs> yeah. As, like yeah because okay so like i feel yeah. kind of like i should i should hope for more yeah. maybe one day uh. i would love to to do my own podcast about the other shit that i love that yeah. isn't so i feel like what we talk about can be very pressing yeah. some days i just want to shoot the shit about comic books and stuff yeah. like that so i would love to do that or go back into gaming and streaming and stuff like that but yeah. it's very much just like in 10 years i also don't want to be doing this yeah I, yeah <laughs> like, no we don't want none of us want to grind in don't 10 want to years grind time anymore. like i'm gonna like yeah that's the main thing like we grind now and in 10 years i just want to just look at my bank account and be like okay cool uh let's do a podcast everybody everybody wants to make twenty thousand dollars today okay um let's, let's, let's like, show them how <laughs> like, it's like grim shark oh right, he has a new item here everybody folks uh and you guys can get it right now limited edition here's a collab with you know pandora here's kayla you know advertising you know consulting services for other people who want to you know work on making their platform so you get your platform just like Grimshark or just like how yeah. we did like this is what we would rather do in 10 years from now i would love to consult <laughs> man yeah it's just a tuesday you want to go to tokyo guys yeah let's you know, go let's go like yeah let's have let's have dinner let's have dinner dinner in uh well let's have lunch in tokyo then go to korea and have dinner because <laughs> yep. they're two hours away <laughs> yeah because you know that's where operation golf phase three is at you know right now we're in phase one just to just get out the hood phase two is just to stay out the hood or to basically stay out of like say financial stay within um financial security right because you want to first see so you want to secure it first with phase one of operation golf to get out the hood and then you want to manage it basically 
you want to stay in that you know phase two so where that you you're no longer struggling financially like that's the hardest part especially because we're all living in new york so it's like once you make it out of the financial struggle in new york it should be easier to make to 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 live almost anywhere else almost anywhere else yeah and then phase three it's not to the point where i mean at that point you almost have fuck you money (laughs) so right (laughs) you know you never know uh anything can literally launch it you know especially with the advent of social media so who knows if say one tiktok post goes viral and that one TikTok post like gets you a lot of sales, like it did from my friend. You know, she went from having ten followers, made one post, and literally got thirty four thousand sales uh, on her on her store. And I mean, it's social media can literally change your life. Um, and it's just one of those things. Like I'm just, you know, all right. Well, the more content we put out, the more chances it happens. <laughs> That's right. It could be us. It's, it's the grind to yeah. It's the grind to keep grinding so we don't have to grind no more. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, the the one words I want to say, um, or the one words I want to stop saying is the grind is real. Because I, I say it a lot, and it's, uh, man, in 10 years, I want to say the grind is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck, you, fuck you money is buying a first edition PSA 10 Cyberstein. Oh, jeez. Like... <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you're even Logan Paul status, you know, where you are, you where you spend, what is it, 3.5 million or 5 million on his Charizard or whatnot? Like, bro, like, what? <laughs> no, Post no. Malone, it, it, it's Illustrator. My bad. Pikachu Illustrator. That's 5 Post million. Malone bought the um the only copy of the uh lord of the Rings. yes card. the the one ring for yeah, two million yeah two million yeah that's fuck you money um, yeah this. and it wasn't even a great 10 I yeah yeah i saw i saw the video the guy he opened it and he started shaking i mean i would too but that literally like everybody else is like bro why are you shaking and i was like wait you just no, pulled yeah. a two million dollar card <laughs> well, yeah. that, I mean that was a, that was a really nice thing of, of uh, Post Malone to to offer him like yeah. I'm pretty sure the guy would have took five hundred thousand, but he sorry gave me... God is trying to talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, Caleb. <laughs> what they have to say. Yeah. See, like Post Malone changed that guy's yeah life over a, a card, and the guy I'm in the video, the guy starts crying. You know, like yeah. like made his day. Yeah. But then that that's that's one of those things where like sometimes if you just you spend a little money, you invest, mm-hmm. and you take a risk. Maybe you'll do. Maybe something will happen. You know. Yeah. You never know. You never wow. know. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. Kayla. <laughs> no, I, I just like, like I said, I'm not filming in my own space ever. So I just like put a napkin on the. <laughs> gotta gotta work these things out you know gotta work these things out the future of this podcast and when people come back to these first episodes they're gonna be like whoa you guys started here and then now now we're here (laughs) sorry from the bottom that's the moment yeah that's the moment jesus started knocking on the glass and everything yo keep 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 doing it just keep doing it keep going going. the the lord is shining his light Fucking uh, great. I guess oh, um man. any last uh, remarks from any of you guys or no? I mean, like I said, just in talking about all this and how we're all working in our own businesses in our own ways, um, if you wanna help out, please share. Mm-hmm. Please just share our stuff. Please support your friends by buying your friends merch. Um, you know, all these little things really help us get out of the hood 
Yeah. Um, because then, like we said, in our third phase, it is to help others and to teach others. I mean, all our phases are about teaching you guys how to start your journey, get through your journey. Yeah. Um, and then pay it, pay it back. Yeah. Because, like, we know a lot of people who have a lot of um connections who don't offer us networking opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest blows to, to me mentally when I think about that stuff, just knowing how a word, a little whisper from, from one person that we know could also help change our lives and they just don't want to do it. So if you don't even, if you don't have the network around you to spread the word about us, just buy a shirt, buy a pin, buy a figure, share our podcast. Yeah. Those things really help. They really do help. Yep. 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 They do. You know, share. Yeah. Hey, listen, everyone says it. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> Especially for those of you watching on YouTube. But uh, for those of you who want to know where you can catch Grimshark, where are your social media is again? So people can follow you. Uh, Instagram at Grimshark. And then my website is Grimshark.com. Yes, sir. Well, folks, there you have it. That concludes another edition of the Operation Golf Podcast. Once again, I am one of your co-hosts, Akar, a.k.a. Michael, with my other partners in crime for today. And it's Kayla, also known as OTK. And once again, yes, sir. (laughs) And we'll catch you guys next time for another episode. You already know. Doses. Peace.